Some people can do bad things when they're desperate or scared, but I mean, the guy we just saved, he has a wife, children. I'm not saying all people are good people or even that most people are, but if we help people, then maybe they'll help people and all that. And that's worth it. Even with all the tears and death, it's worth it. Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. Hunks, Chris. Hunks. Fly monsters. Woo! What else? That's that's <laughs> what else does this one have? <laughs> uh Felicia Days. Felicia Day. Woo! We don't deserve Felicia Day. She's a delight in this. Uh we're back. We're in season 14. Uh we have continued our path into season 14 it's uh picked up a little bit the last couple episodes have been pretty good this one is yeah the last one was really great i think this one is really really solid as well and i'm 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 on the path of liking season 14 if they can pick this up for the next you know 18 episodes i think we're good <laughs> if they just keep bookending every episode with the michael stuff but then never get back to the michael stuff yeah. i'll be happy to be honest with you <laughs> look in, if it's season 14 episode 18 i don't even know the title of it or anything but like in the last four minutes if castiel comes back in and says i killed michael and that's I got it in texas <laughs> <laughs> and like sam and dean are standing there with charlie and bobby and mary and they all just came back from a like a weird ghost hunt at a halloween festival or something. i don't know like they killed santa claus or some shit and, then- and they're just like wait what <laughs> They're Michael? all still in costume from their Halloween adventure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Cass comes in all covered in blood. <laughs> He's like, I did it. I did it. I killed Michael. Jack's over there. Why didn't he take me with you? <laughs> Dean's mid mid bite into a burger when he realizes, oh shit, Cass has been calling me. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> I had spooky music blasting and I kind of just, you know, I put my phone away. I didn't think about it. Look, I was going for vibes. I didn't think about phones, okay? I was looking, I wanted the Impala to have vibes, Cass. That was all I was looking for. Dean's uh, just got like a big, dumb, like Frankenstein's monster, like green face paint with the bolts on the neck. Yes. <laughs> eating yep. a burger. Eating a burger. When Cass comes in covered in blood from his victory over Michael. 
has right. just a- angel ashes all over his face. Yeah. It's extremely good. Also, also he's also, missing an arm. Also, Nick is dead too, but I don't have time to explain Nick why. Yes, <laughs> did your arm just turn into a beam of light? Yes, I lost my arm. It's just grace now. <laughs> my arm is pure grace Where and Nick you? is gone. <laughs> See you next week, everybody. <laughs> and then, boom! Next week is just another hunt. It's just another like hunt, and like Cassiel there, and he has like then, a grace arm, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." I mean, it doesn't yeah, look like that all the yeah. time. Sometimes it just looks like a normal arm. It's called grace, Dean. They Leave it alone. A, they just put a big glove over it's it. It's just a huge glove. It's one leather glove that goes up to his like bicep. Absolutely, absolutely. I love this plan. We're just going to solve every problem that the Winchesters have oh, in the last five minutes of each God. episode. Could you imagine if the penultimate season of, of Supernatural just went, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Take a break. Fuck it. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go check in on right, werewolves. Um, yeah. What's this one about? So before we get into the main part of the episode, we always thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash sponsor of the week. So as always, thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, it's a, huge and direct way to support me and Chris. Um, Podcasts will always be free, but you do get some bennies by joining the Patreon. You get episodes early, you get exclusive content, and you get access to our super cool and hip-happening Discord server. You can know it's super cool and hip-happening because I just said the words hip-happening with my mouth. Mm. Uh, Chris, we've had five episodes of season 14, which seems impossible, but I don't remember what happened to any of them. Can you you explain? Neither do I. Um, awesome. last time on Supernatural. When did you write this? <laughs> Just checking in. Uh, 11.30. Okay. So right before <laughs> in, you watched the, the episode. Okay. Um, so it wasn't at a, it wasn't a 7.30 situation. No, I actually, this was probably like two or three hours before I ended up watching it. I sat down with the intention to watch it and, you know, uh, life just gets away from me sometimes. Anyway, last time on Supernatural, Michael has disappeared, but his work with monsters has become all the more clear. And although they were able to take down a superpowered djinn, the boys are facing the startling realization that Michael has set monster traps for hunters all across the country, and they're all in danger. Yeah. I'm trying to just kind of keep it like light and to the point, you know? Just like Supernatural's doing right now. Uh, exactly. We are talking about Season 14, Episode 6, Optimism. Written by Steve Yaki, directed by Richard Spite Jr. Am I still saying that wrong, Chris? Now I'm at, I'm in that place. I'm in that zone where Dude, I'm not I don't know. I'm... We we got into our head about it. Yeah. There's, there's just no way to know. No, and we're no sorry. Way. We're sorry. Directed by Gabrielle. Am I saying that wrong? That seems wrong too. Gabriel. I don't. Gabriel. 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 Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, pretty soon I'm going to be mispronouncing Chris on this podcast. That's going to be the danger. It's fine. This it's fine. I deserve it. On November fifteenth, twenty eighteen. What we do for love. Sam and Charlie team up to get to the bottom of a string of random disappearances. Meanwhile, Jack believes that he has found a case and convinces Dean to partner up with them on the hunt. All true stuff, which is, you know, saying something for them. All facts. All facts. Uh, our, as, you, as we mentioned, Felicia Day is in this. So the previously on segment, which is set to like weird, uh, like TikTok clock noises, uh, which I think is really interesting and cool. But it goes out of its way to remind us who Charlie is. This is not our Charlie, Chris. She's still dead at, from no. season ten. This is she's still, and I. She has to keep telling Sam, "Hold your horses, you huge chief." Um, <laughs> I the one. I'm not. The, I'm not that girl. I'm not that girl that you used to know. I'm just somebody that you used to know. That's right. Um, we open up on McCook, Nebraska, uh, where jaunty piano music follows a young woman walking to the library so that she can open it. She seems super happy that she's filing all of these books uh, when a man named Winston 
surprises her and he's like hey are we still doing dinner tonight do we have a date tonight and she's real quick to be like we can still have dinner tonight and i'm sure it'll be a good time but she's definitely not calling it a date um Mm -hmm. meanwhile another employee at the library miles shows up and says i heard a scream and you know i'm is this guy bothering you or whatever like she's he's stepping in to defend her honor um, is it bad that like I didn't ever suspect it to be Miles, this fella here, because he's just like this is just such a shitty dude thing to do that I was like, no, that's not a monster. That's just a guy. That's a guy <laughs> that's who's being way too guy. overprotective of. <laughs> that's a quote unquote friend zone guy who put himself there, who created the zone and entered it himself. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely writing that definition himself. She has said. Like she, she goes, she goes to specifically tells him like, remember we had that conversation about boundaries files. <laughs> like she is, she's put him in his place multiple times and he's still doing this. I also thought the same thing. I figured the dude would die pretty quickly and Hey, he does. Um, oh, uh, I got my names all confused. Winston uh, is the guy that is wooing Harper. Who is the name of the woman? Uh, Winston walks out and like uh, disco music starts playing. Saturday yeah, night. Staying Beaver. alive. It's just straight up playing. Just staying alive. We haven't had licensed music in what feels like twenty goddamn years and they come back with staying alive. Um, um and then a hand re- does not stay alive. Yeah, a hand reaches out, grabs him, and kills him off screen. Ouch. Too bad. Ouch. Sorry, pal. Sorry, um, Winston. You're my least favorite so... character in Overwatch. Get the fuck out of here, Winston. Yeah, get out of here. You uh you damn dirty ape. Is he a monkey? Is he a girl? He is in the in Overwatch, yes. Got, yeah. got him. Got his ass. Um we go back to the bunker and we see Jack putting sugar in his coffee. Um Dean comes in, is like, yeah, what's going on with that? But we're reminded like Jack has, has been going through a lot of changes. Not just puberty, which he does go through rapidly in this episode, but um he, he everything is different since he lost his, his powers. Even the way things taste is different to him. So he's, he's throwing some sugar in there. Mm-hmm. Trying to get the coffee to taste right. Uh, Dean asks after Sam and uh, Jack says that he and Charlie are on a hunt. It was something too pressing to wait for Dean to, to get back home. So they went on their own and he left Jack behind to hang out with Dean. Uh, spoiler alert. It wasn't that pressing. They've been sitting in a car for quite a long time. I, and this, this goes to show you that Richard, uh, Richard Jr. As I like to call him, cause we're close personal yes. friends. Um, <laughs> me and when me and Dickie Jr. Uh, hang out and we talk about these episodes. Uh, he just, he's just a great director. Like in all seriousness, not, I didn't really have a punchline for that joke, but like, he's like this, the moment where, it says, you know, Sam, uh, excuse me, Jack is like longingly looking at like, I bet they're doing something really exciting, like real earnestly. And it just cuts to Sam and Charlie in this truck watching an empty bus stop, like both bored out of their goddamn mind so they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's just really well done. And there, yeah, I, don't, I literally don't even think we get dialogue with them. It just cuts back to Jack and Dean. Yeah, yeah. It just shows it. And like, you're like, okay, cool. All right. I'm, on to, I'm into this. Um, yeah. They they kind of talk a little bit about uh, blaming, about blame. Uh, Jack blames mm-hmm. himself for a bunch of stuff. Dean blames himself for a bunch of stuff. Uh, it's, it's, this is all really, really good, I think. Um, it's Yeah, Jack gets to be a bit more of a supporting um, person in Dean's life because he's like, hey, you know, like, nobody blames you for that Michael shit, right? And, and and this is of course again saying yeah well that doesn't matter because I blame myself, um, 
Jack, he's still got his cough going on here. Did you remember that at all? Because I had, until he coughed, I was like, oh, yeah. Not until he started coughing. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, he was nutting blood before. Uh, he's coughing up, but he still wants to hunt. Um, and he's telling Dean, hey, uh, me and my dad, Cass, have been, we've been working some cases. We've, we've been doing stuff. Um, and hey, look, I found um, this other case. You just saw it in the cold open. And D- Dean nods, like, yes, I did. Um, but he found this case, human bodies, or, or dead bodies, rather, with uh, human bite marks. So this is this is pretty strange. Um, and then they get back to the blame thing. They circle back to the blame thing. And Jack is like, yo, dude, I could have killed Michael. That was, I had him, I had him dead to rights. I could have taken him down, but I was, I was just, I was fucking hanging out Stargaze with Lucifer. You know how fucking dumb that makes me look? <laughs> I was that guy. I was chilling with him. Do you know, do you know Nick? Do you know how uncool Nick is? <laughs> yeah. I was chilling with that guy. I made Nick, basically, <laughs> is what I'm telling you, Aaron. That sucks. I made Nick. I made I, Nick. I, I, and I, I wanted to chill with Nick. I, me and Nick were going to go to the moon. Or Lucifer, whatever his name is. This is all in the script, by the this way. This is, is not me ad living. This is in the script. Um, um, I do like. So he's like, you know, yeah, Dean. This is this ain't. You didn't do anything wrong, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like when he tells Dean all of this, and that he like want, that he's been going out hunting and whatnot uh, with Castiel. Dean just doesn't like play coy or anything. He's like, yeah, you know that Castiel is an insurance policy. Like Sam wants to take yeah. care of you. Like he wants if Castiel is there, there's way less of a chance that you could get hurt. Um, and, and you know, Sam is a smart guy like that is what he says. And then we smash cut to Sam in the truck <laughs> using a fucking fidget spinner, like the happiest we've seen Sam Winchester in 20 fucking years. And then, yeah. <laughs> and Charlie just looking extremely annoyed at him. Mm-hmm. Very funny. There is actually a, um, a really great line that I was, uh, ad libbing over where, uh, my uh what's his name uh dean yeah you know dean he says he says to jack about the whole michael thing you didn't do anything wrong and jack says yeah and neither did you but that doesn't make it any easier does it yeah and that's what like finally gets to dean and he's like okay i'm i've been going out working cases having halloween fun times with my bro trying to make myself feel better meanwhile jack is here and he's going through a lot of the same shit that i'm going through and he doesn't get to do anything with himself he's twiddling his thumbs so i think that that finally reaches dean and um, Jack does say that he wants to be hunting buddies, which I think is a very funny turn of phrase that I like. Me and you seem to be yeah. hunting buddies, Chris. We just hunt podcast listeners. Yeah. We hunt podcasts. We're, That's right. We hunt, we hunt podcast listeners. listeners. We don't, Whatever. We, yeah. neither, I don't think either one of us listens to any podcast anymore at all. Um, no. In this economy? Dean reaches out to Sam to get his permission to take Jack on a hunt, which I think is very hilarious that he's you know kind of yeah. treating Sam as a little bit of a boss. Um um, meanwhile, uh, he Sam tells Charlie that this is going to happen. Of course, Sam is a little worried, and she's like, "Good for them! Like, get, let them get out there." Um, they are there hunting down some some excuse me some disappearing people. Uh, and then when Charlie checked the place, she found some goo. Uh, so she she thinks yeah. that something's going on. She doesn't know what, so she's going to do a lot of research while they're hanging goo out. Goo is the never station. a good sign, regardless. Goo is never good. It's weird that it's three quarters of the word good, but it never is three quarters good. Like mm-hmm. not even. You know, yeah. Hmm. The D makes all the difference. You know what I mean? The D does um, make all the difference, Chris. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I always say. Uh, so Dean and Jack they pull up 
to they're now in Nebraska, uh, the the location of the cold open. They pull up, they go into the murder victim's uh, favorite breakfast spot, Winston's favorite breakfast spot. Um, this the energy of this of this woman and then some of the people they interview is is really fun, I guess. Um, but they go up to talk to the woman at the counter, and she's just not at all interested in talking to the fbi she's like i don't give a shit i really could not care less until he you know flashes some money and then she's like oh okay yeah sure um and this woman gives them the name of hopper harper stays stales sales it doesn't matter what sales which i think is a pun (laughs) i feel feel like that's like a cheap romance novel pun that i'm like yeah it's it's it harper it's harper sales collins yeah but there's oh I, i mean just the name is yeah Oh, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they give her, uh, they give that name. Like, hey, yeah, he was hanging out with her or something. Um, and then they talk to everybody else in the uh, diner that they're in and learn that this is like a woman that everybody loves who just seems, she she goes around, she's really bubbly, she loves romance novels, but she's had nothing but bad luck with the men in her life. Um, starting from when her boyfriend ran out on her um, right after high school yes. but like before that she was prom queen she was very popular and now she can't seem to keep a man she is permanently single I, d- I do want to back up just a second because the the waitress says that Winston was uh, courting Harper sales and of course Jack is there and Jack this is Jack's first time doing any of this stuff really which I guess it's not because he's supposed to have done this with Castiel which the adventures of Cass and Jack hunting has to have to be just awkward and hilarious. I need to see that immediately. Yeah. Um, when she mentions courting, Jack kind of perks up. And he's like, what's courting? He's in, Dean says, that's the thing that you do before dating. And he goes, oh, and that's the thing that you do before the sex. And the chick leans over and says, sometimes you just do the sex. And I just <laughs> <laughs> like teaching Jack about like real world, whatever is very amusing to me. So this 30 year old man having to fight all, all this stuff. I know that he's not 30 in the show, but um, yeah, exactly. he's not even supposed to look 30 in the show. And he, he frankly, he does it in real life either, but it's still funny. Meanwhile, uh, Sam in, is biting his nails and obviously extremely worried about um, all of the stuff that's happening with Dean and Jack. Sam is just kind of a pain in the ass this whole episode. Uh, Charlie is like, yeah, but I mean, like, Dean has other friends, right? And Sam's like, mm, not, uh, not really. No. Um, but he says, you know, he, you know, he used to have a, one hell of a wingman um, and it was you. And this is the first time that she bristles at this and says, that wasn't me. Um, and yeah, first of all, I was like, this is the first time I'm hearing of this. And then Charlie is like, this is the first I'm hearing of this because exactly. that's not me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really like this. Like, I, we talked a little bit, I think, um, when the Apocalypse World version started hanging out about how awkward this would be if you treated them like the people that you knew, how awkward that it was mm. when Dean, like, went after Charlie when all of his guilt and stuff was wrapped up with a girl that just, like, happens to look exactly like her and share the same name. Um but she she kind of bristles at this and she she tells Sam like hey like I you know I'm not I I'm surprised that I survived the apocalypse like your Charlie may have been a badass but like I was a programmer and I just I, I lived with the love of my life Kara this baker that I met and who always smelled like peaches um and I don't man I don't Felicia Day just fucking kills this scene like I got emotional never heard i never I know who kara is who the fuck is kara a baker that always smells she's like just, peaches why do i care i don't care about kara she's telling you uh Ooh. she's painting a picture of a life that you could imagine um you a life that you could imagine somebody loving and then she strips it away in a very 
somber, toned down way. Uh, she doesn't get into details. It's not angels coming in and blowing the door open. It's, hey, this apocalypse thing happened. But then it was the people. Everybody started tearing each other apart. And that's and, and, and she died in that. She was killed by like a mob of hungry people. That's the implication um, here. Yeah. Um. And she puts it as she says, one day the water turns off. The next day people are on fire. And I thought that was just a really eloquent way to express that. I like this whole conversation because she, she follows that up with it's a fact about society. It always falls apart. And Sam kind of protests and is like, not here. And she responds, not yet, uh, which is very clever. She just says, that's because you don't watch the news, Sam. That's cause, yeah, yeah you, we, somebody voted President Trump in, and now we have like the alt-right people in. Um, so that's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to mention here, too, that she, she mentions that um, when Michael and Lucifer first faced off with each other, that some sort of giant EMP blast went off over North America and like just closed down all technology for a significant amount of time, if not forever. And I just, I, I think that's a really cool detail. Like I, that's some fucking lore, Chris. <laughs> like, yeah, we've often, I think even recently we kind of wondered what was, go- what, what would have happened if they had actually fought other than just like, you know, mass destruction. Exactly. Here's our first indication of, of something real that actually did happen. Uh, meanwhile, we go back to Dean and Jack, uh, where Dean kind of tells Jack, hey, you actually found us a case, but before we can really do on that, to, to do anything about it, we need to eat this pie uh, that the rude waitress brings over. Um, Jack wants to more uh, know knows significantly more about Cordine, uh, but Dean's like, I'll give you the talk later. And Jack mentions what he saw with Rowena and Gabriel, and it's like, does that count? And he's like, it definitely doesn't count. That's not, that's not, what, I, um, that, that's not what I want you to know about. <laughs> Uh, Dean says that they need to talk to Harper, so they go to the library, uh, and he comes in and strangely, like, puts the hard press on Harper, uh, shows up like he's the FBI agent, I demand to talk to you, you need to do this. it seems like from the small amount of information they learned, I think Dean starts to come up with a plan, or maybe Jack came up with a plan, I don't know, but they, uh, they, they go for it. It's nice to see a double brother bluff. Yeah. Because I think that's what this is, really. Um... It's but oh, you know, Jack's Jack's the new Sam. Jack is the new Sam. Sorry to sorry to Jared. Jared's not going to be on this on the on the yeah. TV show anymore. Everybody, um, sorry. I love that. So as he's like being aggressive towards this this woman, uh, Jack shows up and is like, "You need to back off. Like I haven't done anything wrong, so you can't do anything to me. You need to leave. You need to leave her alone." Um, Dean walks over and is like, back off, kid. He's like, you back off, old man. <laughs> Dean, Dean that, actually legit dude, is like, wait a minute. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. And um, <laughs> That was not part of our this routine. Was, this was not, we didn't practice this in the Apollo. You're just on your own right now. I can't, I can't yes end this. Come on. Um, <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> I'm not old. What are you talking about? Um, Harper, meanwhile, is loving this. We we found out that like working in the library, she she loves uh, romance novels, so they're playing into that. And this is the perfect meet cute with uh, Jack, you know, mm-hmm. saving them, save or saving her from Dean. And um, it's very cute when they start talking. I um I was dying. I I did not know where I recognized this woman from, so I eventually looked it up, and I guess where I recognized her from, Chris. She's Taylor Swift. She <laughs> plays Taylor Swift's body <laughs> double. In, no, just kidding. Uh, she has been in Supernatural before. So, oh, yeah, that's where I recognize. Well, her from. then, so uh, I see. They they start talking. Uh, Dean is outside looking in the mirror, kind of grumbling about being called an old man. Um, 
Jack is pretending. She's like she's like falling for Jack. I mean, just like head over and, you know, heels so for fast. Just, for just a minute there, I was just rooting for these crazy kids. Right? Like he kind of wanted it to work out. I mean, I like. I think the <laughs> the actress that plays Harper is is outstanding in this. I think she does a really really great job. And like she's extremely likable. And I think that like I was kind of like I know Jack's not going to date her, and I'm pretty sure she's going to be the villain in all this. Although they they bury that. And lead. I'm pretty sure his dad is Lucifer. And if he doesn't tell her that up front, that it's a toxic relationship. It's going to be you got to you got to kind of come out with this. Um, like you got to you got to tell people that you have herpes, and you got to tell people that you uh that your dad is Lucifer. Those are the two things you got to confess yeah. in the first day. You're the spawn of Satan. You just got to let him know. At least before it gets serious. You know what I'm saying? Like he can have casual right, right. stuff without bringing up the Lucifer herpes. But like you gotta sure, 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 you, sure. you gotta you gotta bring it up before it gets a little serious. Um. Harper says, uh, Jack pretends like he's looking for books about the area. Harper says, I've got a great book back at my apartment. Uh, proceeds to lead him out of the library. And I'm like, damn, Jack is going from zero to 60 in a major kind of way. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean watches as our friend Miles uh, comes out and like accosts them. And it's like, what are you doing taking this man home? And she's like, you need to leave me alone. Um, and so Dean follows Miles while Harper is being led or Harper it leads Jack to her apartment. Yeah. Um and then Dean hears a scream, uh, and he rushes over to find that while Miles was like out in an alleyway taking out the trash, uh, he was attacked and he's very dead. And then we cut back over to uh Sam and Charlie. And Charlie is talking about sh- how she's really good at hunting. Uh, but she really hates it. This is not at all uh, what she wants. She's pretty cynical about the life. Um, and she insists that this is going to be her last case. Um, and Sam is sitting in the passenger seat, seat with that, that fidget spinner, just whipping his hair back and forth in dis- disbelief. He cannot believe the shit that he is, he is hearing from her right now. What? what are you? What? This is the first time I'm hearing about this. What's the point of being called chief if, you don't tell, if you don't, people don't have to resign? Huh? What? What? what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't understand. Like, I I appreciate. I, I, there's a there's an aspect to this hunting life thing that, and we're going to get into it quite a bit towards the end. And maybe I'll say I should save this for then. But like, Sam telling her like, at least, you know, or being surprised that she wants to leave the life when her she had the ideal life, it was shattered, and then she gets an amazing second opportunity to come live in this world, like. I'm surprised that anybody wants to stay around and hunt anything. Like I, mean, I just like take me to the beach immediately. I haven't seen a beach in like ten years. Like let me get to the yeah, beach. I'm trying to chill. I mean, apparently she was just chilling with Rowena, right? Like she was just there on a road trip. Like she doesn't want to hunt. <laughs> well, there's. It's funny that you bring that up, Chris, because there's a deleted scene um, of the two of them, Sam and and Charlie, uh, where Sam is like, so uh, ro- about Rowena. And Charlie insists that she does not want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He's like, well, I just, she just said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And the implication is it's very heavily implied that Charlie and Rowena may have had a little tryst on their, you know, I was going to say like, where is Rowena and all those? Yeah, yeah. There's no mention of it. And it just, it pretends that Charlie has been hunting this whole time mm-hmm. when that is uh, factually incorrect. And I, in fact, the more I think about it, the less it makes sense for Charlie to be hunting, period. Yeah. She's back in this world. She immediately went on vacation. Why is she now working cases? She never worked cases before. This has never been her kind of thing. Yeah. She they were, An apocalypse happened and she had to fight angels. <laughs> but hunting and, and working cases is not her kind of thing. So um, 
Sam was already annoying the shit out of me in this episode, so now I'm even more annoyed because he's just, he's clearly, he probably assigned her this case. He's like, oh, I know you're on vacation with my girlfriend, uh, but would, do you mind uh, going and looking at this bug man that we found? Fucking Sam. Well, she, I mean, she specifically brings the case to, th- to him, but also, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. but also like, why are you hunting by yourself, girl? Like we've, we've got new rules in place. We've got the buddy system in place. Um she uh she has a really good line about the hunter's life of and when she says who wants to be a hunter it's all tears and death um which sam says he remind it reminds us him something that charlie said um and i just i just like that a lot i just wanted to mention that line uh this episode is really good it took me a long time to make notes on this because of the the cutbacks and like every single mm-hmm. scene had a lot going on to it so i just couldn't type in like one thing i had to pause it and be like catch up to where the episode was because i couldn't type fast enough no the um the stuff with with, uh sam and charlie is really good i guess i just i don't like that that his immediate reaction is a no you can't you can't leave the hunter life and i know we haven't like gotten to that yet but um out of concern, I could understand him being like, no, don't cut contact with us. Like, listen, like we're all in this together. And like, he's trying to keep everyone together and, and, and focused and trying to keep those bonds that, that they've all made with each other. Um, after spending so much time alone. Right. Um, but I also feel like there's a part of Sam that would be the first one to say, okay, you know, you can never fully let go and go back to that old life. But like maybe with this new system we have in place, we could help you do that. Maybe I could help you do that, you know, to get, to get away and to actually establish a life um, and still have connections to us. So if you ever need anything, we'll be there to help you. But instead he's just like, no, don't. And, and also like it, it feels, this is one of those things that I really liked when I was watching the episode and the more I talk about it, the maybe the more I, I don't like it, but like, Hey, have you met our friend Jody? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like as a kind of a stopgap between working at the bunker with a bunch of people from your old thing, or like, here's this really great support, supportive like group of people that is in a remarkably similar circumstances. You, um, I mean, they're not from different worlds, but they know that different worlds exist and they're not all actively hunting, but they don't also sit around like waiting for the hunters to come in to save them either. Like maybe he should introduce this woman to Jody and have them hang out and see if they like each other. Instead of yeah, just saying, like, no, or whatever. So, I mean, Charlie can certainly make her own choices, but I just think that as a as a sounding board, Sam could have come up with some better shit in this one. Absolutely. It does seem like Sam is kind of being selfish in this episode, mm-hmm. um, or at least w- within this situation, I should say. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we arrive at Harper's apartment, uh, which is appropriately cheesy for the character that they've created. It has stuff like Amore on the, on the wall. It has hearts everywhere. Um, she realizes it's maybe a bit creepy that she just invited him over to her apartment. And this is like, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm putting the moves on you. And Jax yeah. looks at her and is like, the moves? <laughs> Lucky for her, Jack has no idea what planet he's on. <laughs> Jack has no idea what any of this stuff is. I feel like Castiel needs to just download a bunch of pop culture in this dude's brain, like real quick, mm-hmm. just to catch him up, you know? Just catch him up real quick. And then, so she goes into the other room to go get something. And I just love that Jack is now like, okay, I gotta do the tests. So he drops a silver coin on the floor. He puts like holy water all over his hands. Uh, and then he's like, all right, perfect. We got it. She comes back in and she's like, oh, did you drop this coin? She picks it up. No problem. Puts it in his hand, feels his hand. <laughs> it's just like, oh, your hands are all wet. 
And then he does the old school season one move and he pretends to sneeze and says Christo. Perfect. Which would, you know, a demon would respond to. I'm like, who taught Jack that? Yeah, y'all haven't done <laughs> Was that. Was Jack reading Dad's diary? Absolutely. Or, you know, just um, his, I guess his granddad's diary. He was probably reading the Raymond Carver oh. series, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird that he's the grandson of Chuck, I guess. That's a weird. He's the grandson of God. We never talked about that. Yeah. Um. So, so far she's human. He passes off the wet hands as uh, just being nervous and she kind of calls him over to the couch. Dean is, of course, calling throughout this and he's ignoring um, all, of, all, all of Dean's stuff. Meanwhile, Charlie has found something, a, uh, a muska. Uh, Sam already knows everything about the muska because he is a giant nerd. It's a bug. Um, but did you write down, because I literally, I just realized in my in my notes, I wrote, muskas can become bad eggs. Hopefully, Chris wrote down all the lore. <laughs> they are, um, they're part, they're part human, part fly, which is just insane. Yes. Uh, and when a male fails to find a mate, he will then sometimes leave the colony. He becomes an incel, essentially, uh, and uses other people's uh, human bodies to, like, f- uh, create a nest. I don't know what the idea is behind that. Like, if the nest is supposed to attract others or if, like, you can breed within that nest. Um, but if you can't find a regular mate, then they use dead bodies to do it. Gross. This is one of the grossest yeah. creatures we've had on Supernatural for some time. It's, and they fucking just go for it, dude. I when So right here, they finally see some, some weird, strange person, some goth beekeeper, dude. come up to... This bus stop is a couple of like old ladies sitting there and, and this guy sits down and like scooches next to them. Like he's dressed in like your typical, like, you know, full, full goth attire and even with the veil that he's wearing. But instead of it just being like like a just a creepy gothic veil, it's um it's a fucking like beekeeper's helmet, it's but it's all black. Huge. Goth beekeeper is the only way I can describe this. Guy. I mean, that's that's what it is. It's just a goth beekeeper. Absolutely. Uh, I when this dude like wandered onto the scene and just sat down and started scooching closer to the old ladies. I mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite moments in Supernatural, Chris. Like I it's, <laughs> it's I know it's a really small good. moment, but like they just told me about a fly person and now they're they had this weird looking motherfucker come show up and I'm like, oh please. <laughs> Give me and all Charlie of the fly is like, people. <laughs> Charlie's like, okay, so that's it, right? And Sam is like, well, we don't hunt people just for having weird fashion. <laughs> so let's just like, let's give it one minute. We're right here. It's okay. Uh, meanwhile, Harper is trying to get to know Jack. Um, she says, she asks him where he's from, and they kind of start talking about their past. He says he's done a lot of things in his past that he's not really proud of. He's got a lot of baggage. She tells him that her boyfriend um, wanted to move out of town. Um, and she didn't want to. She thought they had everything that they could find right here in McCook. Um, but unfortunately, he left without her. Um, and Jack, of course, sympathizes and is like, you know, that's very hard to go through. Um, and then she kind of looks at him. Um, and and Dean is texting that like, please call me. All that like he's he's constantly blowing up Jack's phone. And she leans over and says, "Do you believe in love at first sight?" And he looks at her and says, "Do you?" mind if i go to the bathroom <laughs> to get yeah. to get out of this conversation uh, i and i absolutely adore this next scene where he goes in and he calls dean and, and he proceeds goes, man you're really acting like sam right now <laughs> dean with all the calls and the texts what is you this know, give it five give it five minutes give it five let me get my dick wet dean <laughs> jack would never say let me get my dick wet right he would never he would never. Not, never he doesn't know what a dick is probably no 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 um, um, 
I, but I do love that she, he's like, you know, he, he doesn't listen to anything that Dean is saying. Like he's Dean's trying to break into the conversation. He's very he's, flustered. Jack's very flustered. And he's like, I think she's I think she's in love with me. Like, I need to know everything you know about sex right now. Go. <laughs> Dean is like, that's impossible. Uh, no woman has ever loved me. So there's no way that that woman loves you. Uh, if you and if you do fall in love with her, Cass is just gonna have to mind wipe her again. Like, don't just don't. It's not worth just, it. Let's not worth getting into. Everyone, the trouble. Um, but yeah, this conversation is funny. Um, she, yeah, <laughs> she's not a monster, and I'm 99 percent sure she's in love with me. So fucking hilarious, um, man. So something something keeps attacking all of the men in her life all of these men getting or have been that that's the other piece of information that she had given jack um and while he's on the phone that's when jack hears dean getting attacked um and we're like oh shit so jack pops back out of the bathroom a few minutes later he doesn't know what's going on he just took a huge dump i mean yeah he was worried about dean but that he still had to go to the bathroom. Um, he he got some five alarm you know? chili at that he, diner earlier. Dude, he was, was about to get he was about to get his first kiss, and his stomach was like, "I don't know about this one, Chief." <laughs> She's um, like, "Is that you? <laughs> what is that?" And he says, "I don't know. I'm gonna go find out." Um, so he comes out, and then like a minute later, Dean just like busts into the apartment <laughs> and locks the door behind him. Um, and this is shit's a- popping off now. And this is a real fun like conversation too, because Dean's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm act- we're not FBI. We're actually here to save lives." you know, we're going to, we're going to try to save you. And she's like, save me from what? And then all of a sudden the door starts, like something starts pounding on the door and he's like that. And it turns out it's Vance who is the ex-boyfriend. Dean's (laughs) Dean says, um, I thought it was a ghost, but then it punched me. And then she goes, wait, a ghost. (laughs) And then Jack's like, no, no, no. He said, it's not a ghost. ghost. (laughs) Keep keep up Harper says Jack. (laughs) He's been reading all of the Hunter novels lately. Um, um, but yeah, it's Vance. It's her ex-boyfriend Vance. Yeah, still in uh, high school uniform garb, like still in her um, uh, athlete's jacket. I don't forget what you call yeah, those his things. Letterman jacket. Letterman jacket. Thank you. Um, it's Vance, everybody. There's a there's an exchange Vance, where, he, where he's like, "It's Vance," and someone's like, "Vance." It's like Vance, <laughs> which really reminds me of um, I don't know how much of The Office you've watched, but Bob Vance and Vance Refrigeration it reminded me of that. Oh, of course, of course, um, Bob Vance. So uh, Dean grabs some silver. He realizes like this is the recently risen undead. Uh, so he knows that silver will slow it down. Uh, meanwhile, Jack's going to get Harper out of the way. And we switch over to uh, Sam and Charlie, uh, who and so this is the point where Sam is is like, hey, you can't you can't live by yourself like you need people like our Charlie tried to do that. Um, and he stops and she stops him and is like, hey, that again, that's that's not me. Like she ain't me. I think is the, the line here. You know, it's my life. It's not hers and it's not yours. Um, and as they're having this discussion, like the suspicious dude shows back up from the bus stop uh, and then the bus pulls up and kind of blocks their view. And then when the bus pulls on, they barely see this dude grabbing the guy and like pulling him yeah. behind the bus stop. They see that he's gone. And Sam is like, there's no way they would let a beekeeper on the bus. Something's <laughs> up. <laughs> not without charging him double. I'm sure. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. You, you get because that I imagine before we saw the reveal later on, I just imagined that that uh, helmet underneath was actually just full of bees instead Absolutely. of a head. buzzing constantly. Just yeah. full of bees. Um, Dean starts squaring off with Vance, the, the high school zombie, uh, when Jack and Harper get to the library and uh, get inside. And that's when Vance like kind of looks up and senses something and then just fucking leaves, leaving Dean behind. Mm-hmm. 
meanwhile, Sam and Charlie are going into the inside of this uh, wet bee factory, I guess. Would that be the accurate yeah, description? Yeah, I mean... I, it's 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 a lot there's a lot of words i think you could use to describe this place it's super gross sam, the, the handle of the door is all gooey so sam doesn't even touch it with his hand he opens it with the butt of his gun which Perfect. i just thought was a nice little detail um really it's very hilarious and this is actually legitimately spooky like they they go in and it's buzzing and there's like goo everywhere it's super gross it's it's all that's all very cool uh Sam finds the briefcase that the dude was carrying and finds a chloroform rag on it. Charlie finds the dude uh, who got who, who what got taken and finds out he's still alive. But as she's like trying to wake him up, a hand grabs her and tries to pull her in like this hole in a pit. Uh, Charlie manages to get away, but she like falls off a ledge and then knocks herself out. She's got a little Sam button too, Chris. I don't know if you knew that. She's got a Sam button too. And man, I've been thinking, I watched some video recently. I don't remember what it was. Some MMA fighter was talking about how, you know, oh, in such and such fight, I got knocked out. And, um, you know, I got back up pretty quickly, but the, I don't remember anything until the next morning. Like my memory was just, was just gone of that night. Cause getting knocked out fucks you up yes. pretty bad. And it's so then seeing Charlie get knocked out that like a minute later, she's back up and fighting and just thinking all those times that we make jokes about Sam, but like, it's not okay. I yeah. know they do it in TV all the time, but it happens too often to Sam that it's I, too much. all jokes aside, all, you know, angel healing. I don't care. Like he would have massive lapses in memory. Um, I think he would, he would start to be dealing with some pretty serious issues from all the brain trauma. What if we find out in season 15 that there's been no rescue from the apocalypse world and that all of this is fake and he just thinks he's running his own little crew? That would be really sad. I would believe it. I think I'd believe it. Um, a giant fly person jumps out, Chris. We're, we're really... Yep. I don't want to distract from the, the, from the core issue here. <laughs> there's a giant fly person, a bee man, I will, if you will. I will say, I am here for... Uh, giant fly people or bee men if you will uh-huh. um muska i think that's what they muska. call them um, i'm here for some muska i do feel like this like did they leave some doctor who stuff behind from when they were filming in vancouver for one episode you know what i'm saying yeah, like i this... don't know i don't know where this came from i don't know what they're doing i don't think it looks good and no. i love every second of it uh-huh. i absolutely uh-huh. Uh-huh. am eating the shit up he's a bug man he's a bug they, man jeremy they put a they put a bug man on supernatural and he's got a whole ass bug head that he had to wear a big hood over like a dumb bug idiot and then he went out into public as if he didn't have a bug for a head and was trying to pick up old ladies at the bus stop as if he wasn't a human bug and i'm here for it i'm i'm here for it and he vomits all over sam don't forget the vomiting all over sam which oh, i think yeah. is, is extremely sam was important. like you know i used the i used my gun to open the door because i wasn't trying to get this shit on me and here we are anyway got already covered in goo um Sam's not doing well, well in He this was fight. covered in goo before he walked in, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Sam is not doing well in this fight, uh, and it takes no. Charlie getting up and stabbing this creature He's as in the shocked back. as I am to see this fucking bug man. Like, He's like, you know, I saw the pictures in the lore, and I could put two and two together when I saw you were dressed as a beekeeper at the bus stop, but seeing it, I didn't man. think I didn't think it would look like this, and I didn't think that just be... didn't. You know, <laughs> I never really imagined that you were a real bug man. And he's then the bug man says, bzz, bzz. <laughs> <laughs> "I didn't." It's it's 
I think Sam's probably a little disappointed in Charlie because Charlie just found a little bit of goo and this thing is leaving it everywhere. Sam's like, you could have warned yeah. me about the goo situation. I have. You could have warned me about the goo situation. I could have warned me wellies. Also, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what. <laughs> I could have warned me wellies. I don't know what the situation in Apocalypse World is like, Charlie, but the uh, bug man situation right in front of us is pretty serious. And I feel like you're reaction is kind of underwhelming i'm gonna be honest if dean was here he'd be freaking out about the bug man also like llb ain't cheap you know like you could have told me yeah. to wear my no. my fucking uh um my gallagher outfit you know what i'm saying before i get watermelon all yeah. over me like i i have an outfit for that i go to gallagher concerts i go to mardi gras and i deal with bug men i have one outfit for all three things this is expensive this is my good threads Charlie, this is my good stuff. I was trying to impress you, Charlie. I'm not even wearing. He's looking back over his shoulder, like Charlie, Charlie. She's knocked out cold, so he's talking to Charlie. (laughs) She's talking to the fucking wall. Charlie, Uh, Charlie wakes up, stabs in the back. It rears up. Charlie wakes up and goes, "Holy shit! It is a bug man! (laughs) It is a bug man! Oh my god! He's got a Sam. He's got a he's got a bug for a head." It's fucking crazy. Sam's Sam, covered in goo from head to toe. So Sam shoots it, and the brains splatter all over uh, Charlie. So Charlie gets her share of goo as well. He did that on purpose. Yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. What was what was Bugman gonna do? Limited threat. I don't think I, did he have a weapon of any kind. I didn't He's see just a, a weapon. Gross bug. Like there's two of them versus one of the bugs. He's men. just a guy. He needed chloroform, I'm and reason- he didn't have it on him then. I'm reasonably sure he doesn't have the proportional strength of a bee like Spider Man does. You know what I'm saying? He's just a big. <laughs> virgin fly he's dude. just a he's big harmless. virgin fly what is he gonna do like i mean just put a bib on him and yourself and you're good like i don't know you're like good. maybe you could politely ask him to stop vomiting on your face like why yeah. don't they ever start with democracy chris like why don't they ever just politely they, ask the monster to stop or just like a mean left hook take him down you know like yeah. he doesn't have to it doesn't, you didn't have to kill him i feel like Sam didn't need to shoot him. That's all I'm saying. Which is even worse considering like the funeral Justice for Bugman. Okay. That we see at the he end could've... of this. Oh, man. Um, I can't even remember what he looks like. I'm just picturing Greedo from Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot like that. Absolutely. Um, they we, we cut back to Jack and Harper um, for... This is all fine. Uh, I think this goes on for too long. Like, I wanted more Bugman activity, to be honest I with you. I wanted so much more Bugman. Um, so... Uh, Jack and Harper are waiting in the library. Vance is stalking around outside. Harper realizes that the door is not fully locked, goes to open the door. Vance approaches, and then she opens the door uh, and lets Vance in. Um, And Harper kisses him and says, he's my boyfriend. And Jack's response is, but he's dead and stalking you. Uh, And, of course, this this has been uh, the setup from the beginning. She's a necromancer, Chris. I didn't expect yeah. that. Honestly, I didn't. I didn't see that part of it coming. Me either. As it started to go on, I was like, "Okay, she's got to be in on this, right?" Um, and then, yeah, the necromancer thing was pretty surprising. So this is a game they play because uh, her boyfriend has to feed on human flesh. So uh, this is just like you know tying each other up in bed is what she compares it to. And um, yeah, we have this extended scene of Jack uh, being stalked through the stacks of the library while. Via the intercom, Harper tells them her whole life story, which is that uh, she knows Jack is a hunter. She's the last in a long line of necromancers. Um, Vance wanted to leave her after high school. She didn't, so she killed him and resurrected him. And now that's what they do. This is they've been doing this ever since. You know, since. we appreciate a woman who who takes what she wants. Sure, yeah. I um, <laughs> uh, didn't I just like no? God, like, I figured necromancers have to be like 
kind of cool, right? Like you would you would hope I, that they were yeah. kind of cool. You know, there's the um, there's a necromancer from season two, mm-hmm. and that guy he's not from a long line of necromancers. He just wanted to date his friend's GF, oh, and oh she God. was dead. Yeah, that's that dude sucked real bad. <laughs> I forgot about that, that guy. That guy, you know. That guy but sucked ass. he wasn't ass. a through-and-through necromancer. He was just playing at necromancy. This yeah. is different. Being a necromancer and using necromancy, there's a thin line in between those things. Agreed, 100%. Uh, so, uh, Dean shows up, tells Jack that uh, there's only one way to stop Vance, which is to get him in the grave and to put a stake through his heart, and that he's got a plan. Uh, we we skip a little bit ahead, and Jack is telling Harper that honestly he thought this was love at first sight, uh, and he's not afraid to love her. Uh, he he kind of puts it on like real thick and real sweet, and she's eating every single bit of it up. What, I think there's a little truth in what Jack's saying. I do because too. his dad's Lucifer. <laughs> like this isn't that weird comparatively to all the shit yeah. that he's been through. He was a baby like a year ago. And so he's like, oh, if this chick's a necromancer and like knows about hunters, like I don't, you know, I don't have to explain it all, you know. I yeah. can just be like, okay, so this is weird, right? But uh, I don't know. I think part of his uh, the heart wants what it wants. Um, you could tell Harper is kind of being convinced, which enrages Vance, who pushes Jack out of the way, and then Dean shows up with a shotgun and shoots Vance in the stomach. There's a great, great line from Dean here where he says, "You have to eat people to stay together." Is that romantic? Do you enjoy that? <laughs> just really. <laughs> Dean throughout this whole episode is is really really good um vance gets away from dean uh throws him up against the wall harper is yelling for them to kill dean uh when somehow i don't really understand the physics on this i don't care but jack and dean um managed to get away from him and handcuff the zombie to the wall and the Mm -hmm. handcuffs are like smoking like i don't know if these are angel cuffs or something i don't really very maybe they're made of silver i don't know yeah um yeah, and then we go to Sam and Charlie. Um, yeah, uh, Harper runs away, so bye. Yeah, bye, Harper. Uh, <laughs> Sam tells Charlie, like, he puts it on really thick of like, hey, you know, the guy's going to be okay. Um, and also feel bad for the Muska because, you know, it, he would have probably been happy if <laughs> he, he had stayed with like his own people. He was just like a lonely dude. And, I, dude, Chris, I think the funniest thing in this entire episode, and one of the greatest things Supernatural has ever done, is as they're explaining this, explaining, like, this... You know that they and they apparently just killed this body, picked up the the human, and took him to the hospital. Left the body behind because what the fuck are you gonna do with a muska in your trunk? But uh, we see a funeral procession of other muska dressed in robes, like letting their yeah. fucking <laughs> fly face fly. I I am. There's like weird music happening. What the fuck is supernatural, Chris? What is this? It's just I feel it's just a joke. Like it's just a bit. I guess like. I don't know. It's 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 amazing. You see is what these, it is. I, it's amazing. They have the, all these be, these goth beekeepers doing a funeral procession, and I just feel like somebody said, "There's no way that we're we're doing two scenes of the goth beekeeper. I mean, we, we need at least we need, one more. We need thing. like we need four scenes at least. Like, can we get and like old, a funeral dirge? Richard said, "Okay." <laughs> How about we get five more of them and they do a whole funeral scene? They said, perfect. 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 Thank you, Dickie Jr. for bringing this heat to the Supernatural Universe. It's so... I don't know. That guy had a fucking bug head. And I just think that we should... We need to cherish this moment because who knows the next time we'll see a monster that looks like this. This, for all we know, this is the very last time we ever see something like this. You know? There's not that many episodes left in the whole series. So, we, we need to cherish our bug heads when we can. Um, Sam is 
again doing the hard press on on Charlie. I don't know why I'm getting yeah, he, tr- he tries to do a whole like metaphor, being like, you know, yeah. he was lonely, and so he started killing people. And Charlie is like, okay, homie, there's some holes in your metaphor. I get what you're saying, but I'm not a bug man who's killing people. <laughs> Good for Charlie to 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 push back on this. Um, and but Sam says like, you know, I don't think that all or even maybe most people are good but if we help people and those people help other people and their families then maybe things will get better um and even with all of the tears and death it's worth it uh and this somewhat sells charlie it seems like because she kind of seems like she's yeah that seems like that's the you know that's the thesis point that sam was trying to get to like um it it's less controlling not necessarily that it was ever really controlling but he was kind of acting like John Winchester a little bit before, you know, being like, oh, I got to keep you around to protect you. You know, we can't let you go out on your own. That's not safe. You have to do things my way. Um, but here you see his thesis statement, right, <laughs> is uh, we help people. That helps other people. And I think slowly but surely through hard work uh, and determination, we will make this world a better place. And I think he just wants as many people to be a part of that vision uh, as possible. And here I'm realizing that Sam is becoming a cult leader. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, he is. He is. He is just a few. They live in a in a bunker. <laughs> yep, <laughs> underground. We have to study. He's given us homework. Uh, it's very strange here. There's but there's fly people everywhere. There's bee people everywhere. There's lots of weird religious symbols everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's angels, or at least a guy they say is an angel, but is always wearing there's the same rumpled clothing. Um, I I really. I've I've been enjoying Sam this season. Um, as I've mentioned, I'm sure several times, like the the leadership position, the organization, the sympathy that he's shown Dean, um, the empathy that he has shown, I think, uh, are all really really important. And it makes me mad to see him do this with Charlie, even if it's alternate world Charlie, because like his his his, I think his point is you know, you can't really leave this behind. And, you know, cause he tells her that and like, I tried, Charlie has tried. And then she responds with the, well, that, that ain't, you know, I ain't her. And she's not. And I really feel like if anybody in the world would be suited to being like, Hey, you know, if you need to take some time, I understand. Just like you were saying earlier, Chris, just like, yeah, you, you, you go deal with you and then we'll be here if you need us. And like, we're a phone call away if you get into some shit, but like, it's your life to live. I'm really kind of frustrated that he like comes out Mm -hmm. swinging for this girl and is like, you know, you need to be around people like us. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I think that part of that is supposed to be uh, a little bit of projection, right? Because they lost the other Charlie. She died because of them, sort of. Um, and throughout this episode, he's going to keep mistaking her. And obviously like, that's not something you want to do for like the sake of her own agency. But I think that's like a pretty normal way to react to this. You see somebody who looks exactly like the person that you knew before. Um, it's, it's only natural that you're going to get them confused. And I don't think that that makes Sam bad or anything like that. Like he can't help that he feels like he wants to, to either protect her or keep her around or, he's so scared of losing things or, or things getting bad again, that he just wants to have this hyper control over everything, which is not healthy, but it makes sense for his character arc. Um, even though I'm right there with you. And I just, I wish that he kind of, he was more pushing to, to help her set up a good life um, rather than to potentially drive her more away by, by tightening things up. You know, it's always like if the parents are too strict, sometimes the, the child will act out. Um, and, 
I want Sam to be able to understand the people that he's working with and try to help them get what they need so that nobody ever feels like he did when he ran away from the life when he was in his 20s, right? When he was 20 years old or whatever. Like we, I would want to see Sam have more understanding and take that kind of emotional depth that they used to try to give him um, and let him let him help people and get them where they need to be. And whether that's hunting as part of the team, okay, great. Let's set things up. Let's work at the buddy system or whatever we need to do. Or whether it's somebody like Charlie and help them, uh, you know, set up a life, uh, help them get out, help Bobby and Mary do their thing so that they don't have to spend their the rest of their lives, you know, hunting together, right? Um, just let people do what they want to do. But you can also be connected. You can still be a family. You can still be a group yeah. of friends, but you don't have to control everything. I, and again, I'll, I'll point right back to Jody, right? Like this. Right. I mean, Jody is basically operation operating in like a rehabilitation program for young women at this point. And I don't necessarily think that Charlie like fits in with that. Like, I don't think she needs that, but like, she's also gone through a lot. She's also, you know, had her life turned upside down and now she's here. Maybe some people that like, don't just hunt all the time around her would be good for her. Um, yeah. And I'd, I feel like at almost any other time, Sam would would just readily acknowledge that and be like, you know what, you're absolutely right. Take your time or whatever. And we're we're probably lingering on this too long for what is just an excuse to keep fucking Felicia Day on staff, which I am a hundred percent okay with because she's a delight. So, um, yeah. which we're still not done with the episode too. So, uh, we go to a diner and like a fifties diner playing fifties music where Harper is writing a letter to Jack. Um, she wants to kill Jack and then resurrect them so they can be together forever, which. Same. <laughs> like, I think it's very necromancer meet cute is very nice. I think it's really, I, I, I'm charmed by this letter, Chris. I really yeah, am. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with us, but same. <laughs> Why do we want our girlfriends to now, kill us? I'm expecting her to, to come back, hopefully, and try to kill Jack in the future or, or you know, to make uh, him her zombie boyfriend or whatever. And I love the idea of getting a, a kind of like wacky, not that dangerous villain. Or, or or counterpoint that we we used to get stuff like that a lot more often either even with like you know ruby back in season three when she was like oh is she a good guy or bella and, and i'm sorry that i just went with the two season three examples mm-hmm, and nothing mm-hmm. else but you know a villain who's like okay gordon we had gordon in season two right he was much more serious um somebody who is there a little bit but then he's kind of in the background he always wants to kill you he's not the main threat he's not the apocalypse but he still wants sam winchester dead right so maybe this could be something like that i don't know if we'll ever see her again but it was funny and i want to see more of it it's it's very good um and then we have a scene with dean and jack at the bucker where jack is like so we got him in the grave and we put a hole in his chest put a stake through his heart is that what love is and dean's like actually love can be a lot weirder than that um and Dean then tells him like, "Hey, you did you did really good. You found this case. You really helped me out. Um, and it's not, it's you did really good." And Jack is like, "I know. This is what I've been telling you. I want to go on more hunts. Let's do this." And Dean's like, "Well, it's not just about doing good on the hunt. It's about uh, you know making mistakes. You know when you're going to make a mistake and learning from your mistake." And Jack kind of chimes in here and is like, "And not beating yourself up over them, right?" And I'm like, when have we never seen the Winchesters not beat themselves up over something? But okay, yeah. <laughs> like I guess we're learning lessons in season 14. Can we get one of these boys an ego? <laughs> like, <laughs> nah, I didn't do, I didn't do shit wrong. Do, Fuck you, I'm always right. Can we just get one of those vibes, please? Um, but Jack, you know, jumping in and saying this before Dean does, like, kind of convinces Dean, and Dean's like, hey, you'll, you know, absolutely. When Sam comes home, I'll talk to him, get you more cases. Um, and that's when Jack starts coughing up uh, blood 
and he can't stop and he collapses on the floor and the episode ends. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Whoa. Uh oh. That's twice we've ended an episode with that. Yeah. I um and to think they did it probably two or three times with Sam back in season eight too. Sure. Yeah. Okay with that. But it's fine. I don't care. I d- it didn't bother yeah, me. Yeah. I was just like, oh, here we go. Yeah, this now is, it's gonna be a thing. This is TV. So um This is this is television. Yeah, I think this is a it's a really interesting episode. Uh because I think it's both of the stories that it tells are extremely layered. Um, like, and it it can it's it does the the work of being really funny and cute and charming, as well as disturbing and also emotional all at the same time. Um, like, there's some absurdity to it, uh, but that is given like actual gravitas, so that it the absurdity feels a little bit more real and a little bit more possible. And that that kind of stuff really, really appeals to me. If you could sell me on the fly man, like you, you've sold me on this episode, right? Like it is <laughs> a goth beekeeper. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and, and we got to give it up for Dickie jr. On the directing. Like he's, he's killed the last mm-hmm. few episodes. We obviously had one huge problem. Well, we had a lot of problems. We only had, yeah. Episode. We only had one miss for him. Yeah. It was the kill bill episode because his other one before that was also a Tarantino thing, but we, we still enjoyed it. It was yeah. fast paced. It was mm-hmm. fun. Um, and I feel like the last one he did was pretty by the numbers but solid and that's kind of what you want sometimes and then this one it's pretty solid but it really shook things up in some small ways that was really refreshing even just the combinations right sam and charlie you kind of figured that's almost a one-off thing because because charlie's not part of the main cast uh but seeing dean and jack on a hunt together was like we didn't really even talk about it but it was so much fun seeing dean in in this kind of role and we've seen it with castiel before but you see dean and cast almost a little bit more on on even footing and back then Cass was almost more like you know the butt of a joke holding the fbi badge upside down and that kind of thing um whereas jack is like just genuinely like a young person who's learning and trying to like prove himself and it's a it was great to see that up against dean who was genuinely very hurt by the fact that jack called him old (laughs) (laughs) it really it really did something to dean didn't it like he's like wait a minute am i old i don't think i'm old oh shit he's gotta be jack's jack's coffin on the floor coughing up blood he's just like who's old now motherfucker i may be old but at least i'm not coughing up blood on the oh yeah i should call sam hold on let me i'll get the goofs out later jack you stay you, you take care of yourself yeah, you stay there we'll, i'll work on the one-liners later um, um i had a lot of fun with this episode i though. did too it's it's really exciting i think that you know it's it, with the stuff with Sam aside, which I don't even think is like out of character or anything, like I can totally see no, Sam. I was just like, all right, Sam. Yeah, well, and like the role that Sam has has taken on, like I could see him being in that mindset more than you know thinking that thinking about anything else, any anybody's own personal feelings. Like he's like, no, no, we need we need we need soldiers to fight the war or whatever. So, um, but this is really good. I dig it. Uh, do you have anything left to say about it? I don't. Good. Good. So. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for reaching out and contacting us on the variety of social platforms that we are on. We super appreciate that. We've gotten some really nice reviews and and people writing in and emailing and all that stuff. And it's just, we never take it for granted. I try to respond to as much of that stuff as I can. If I've missed you, I'm sorry. But I, I do try to take the time and respond to all that stuff. So thank you for writing it in. Um, if you want to support the show directly, patreon.com slash monster of the week. Um, that's the easiest way to do it. You get cool stuff. Definitely do that. Uh, Chris, you're on Twitter. Do you want to? We haven't. We don't ever plug our own Twitter on this thing anymore. I guess not. 
But you're you're uh, at I'm local, local bones, bones on Twitter. Local bones tweeting about video games mostly. <laughs> I am at JG Greer. The podcast is at MOTW Cast. Um, you can find all of our links to merchandise and to Patreons and to everywhere you can find us on MonsterOfTheWeek.cool. We'll be back next week with Carpe Diem. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh my god, it's Chris Moser, everybody. Ah! Who is that? Who is that? Oh my god, it's Chris. What's what are you doing? Who's, oh my god. Ah! Who's there? I can't believe I'm talking to Chris Moser. Ah! That's crazy. Hi. Hello. How you doing? I'm well. And yourself? Alright. Good, uh, good. 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 I feel like I haven't talked to you in like several days, which is dumb because Mm. I feel like I've texted you all the time too. So I don't know what's going on. Well, I've been non-responsive because I I put 22 hours into Mass Effect 2 since the last time we recorded. Uh, Chris, we recorded on a Thursday. It is now a Tuesday. That's a lot Uh of that's a lot Uh of percentage, my man. Uh huh. Uh huh. No. um... (laughs) I unfortunately I I let that that timer go up like four hours yesterday while I was doing something else. I. Like pause the game and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go make lunch. And then I didn't make lunch and I went and I like was cleaning out the podcast room uh, for about two hours. And then I made lunch and then I finally uh, got back up and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> I left everything on. Um, but that's, I mean, I still put like probably like 17 hours <laughs> into Mass Effect Two. That's <laughs> since a lot. Thursday night, which is a lot of time to play a video game. I mean, Monday was a holiday, so I was home all day and just had to work, so I was just by myself. Um, and decided, you know, I'm not doing much else today but playing but playing this video game. So, the reason you feel like you haven't talked to me, I think, is because I've, sorry, I've been in space. Sorry. Oh, because you've been, oh my bad. I didn't realize that you were not on the planet Earth anymore, that you had no, no, gone no, no, into no, no, the no, stars. No. I, am, I apologize. No, I can't, dude, I can't believe how much I fucking like these games. Like, I, I just, I know I already said it, but I, I completely forgot. Like, I'm like... <laughs> When I was at work, like all I could think about was like I gotta get home and play more Mass Effect. <laughs> like, uh, I think Friday night, Jess fell asleep really early, and normally if she falls asleep on you know like a weekend night, I'm I don't like go and put a video game on. Like I'll watch TV maybe for a little while or I'll read or something. Sure. Um, but she fell asleep. I popped the headphones into the controller and I played Mass Effect for like three hours. Oh my god! Like, I was all late. <laughs> Like, I just am so fucking into it. That's fucking hilarious to me. Like, your girlfriend's just passed out on the bed, and you're like, nope, it's not time to cuddle, girl. It's time to play Mass Effect to you. Yeah, it's, it's time to play Mass Effect. Um, yeah, fr- you know, Friday night she'll come over, and uh, we'll have a couple of drinks and hang out, whatever. But um, this time she had one drink, and I, I think it was honestly like 10, 10.30. Now, and we usually stay up till like, you know, 1 o'clock or so on a Friday night um 10 30 she's like i'm going to bed <laughs> like this is just happening right now and she was out and that was it so it was it was gamer time it was, dude it was game free gamer time tonight man free gamer free time gamer time um mass effect 2 but, are so, you are you were you able to like import all of your choices and stuff for mass effect 1 yes, to mass effect 2 originally yes. when you played or did just 
Oh yeah, I actually yes, yes okay. to that as well. But um my very very first playthrough of Mass Effect 2 was Chaos because my very first playthrough of Mass Effect 1 was Chaos and I was like pulling this save file from like years before and didn't really, you know, know what was going on or anything like that. Uh I don't know what like, you know, decisions I had made or, you know, Rex was dead, what was he doing dead? What happened? <laughs> um all this all this kind of crazy shit was going on. Uh so this time loading up uh, a fresh new import was uh was pretty great because this is the first time that I had done just about every single side quest in, in Mass Effect. Um so now in Mass Effect 2 I'm getting all these other like tidbits and side quests or just like emails from people being like, Hey Shepard, I'm so and so from this side quest. And me in real life, I'm like, hey, I remember that guy. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I remember you. I just saw him six <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's actually been like a really rewarding side of of playing these as like a remastered package because i'm sure i got plenty of those emails and stuff uh previously in 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 prior playthroughs but i wouldn't have remembered any of that stuff because it would have been like yeah i did that six months ago or i did that two years ago like i don't remember so and so from this random side quest um and any time that i did kind of full playthroughs of mass effect one to to get new save data i think i was just sticking to the main quest just to like get through it and make the big decisions um, so I miss out on these other side little, you know, small moments. And that has, like, made me feel even more connected to the game as I, you know, put hundreds of hours into it over the course of a weekend. <laughs> are you doing a lot of the side quest stuff? Like, I know you went for the plat and Mass Effect 1, but, mm-hmm. like, are you going through and doing, like, all of the extra stuff that's there? Pretty much. Um, I'm just kind of, like, doing whatever comes up. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, I will say in, in Mass Effect 1... The level design is never as good, and some of like the, especially like the main missions have you like running back and forth all over confusing maps, going through different locked doors, back and forth talking to different people, and it kind of just it's a little clunky. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect Two has streamlined that a lot, but I also feel like a lot of Mass Effect Two is just hey go in and then just shoot shit. You're gonna be just be shooting a lot of stuff, a lot of guys in in. Special mech suits are going to be coming at you. You're going to be mm-hmm. doing a lot of mm-hmm. shooting, um, which is it's it's fun. It's fun gameplay, but it also it can get a little old. So that's why I find myself like hanging out on the ship, talking to everybody, or hanging out in like the you know like the citadel or the few like cities you can go to, uh, and trying to do missions that don't involve shooty shooty people. And those are proving to be equally fun and like nice palate cleansers in between like the big huge missions. Mm-hmm. Um, because Mass Effect 2 is a way different vibe than the first one. Like, it's action. And also a lot of horror. A lot of uh, pretty spooky stuff going on in that game. And I, I'm really enjoying it. A lot of spooky space stuff happened in that game. I really, I like, yeah. I was so in love with the combat and stuff of Mass Effect 2 that, like, anytime mm-hmm. there was a big, huge battle, I was fucking there for it. Like, let me pick oh, you yeah. up with my biotic powers. Let me throw you. Let me throw, like, a bomb like a i don't even know what they call it, like an emp bomb at you while you're in midair and mm-hmm. you're gonna explode for a bunch of damage and it's gonna be awesome so yeah it's um yeah and i'm doing the, like some of the dlc for the first time because i never played any of that stuff mm-hmm. back in the day uh i'm just having a, i'm just having a great old time but i will say that after starting two i used to always just think that one was inferior in every way um but i think now one is different enough. It has like a different enough vibe. Uh, and the comment is, is just dip different enough to feel like it just kind of stands separately. And it doesn't have to be looked at as like a thing that is worse, just a thing that is different. Um, I, I'll be curious to see what you think when if you play through these. Um, 
But yeah, Mass Effect 2, it took a little bit of getting used to, but now I'm just, you know, I'm fully on board. I'm 17 hours in or 22 hours in, whatever the hell my clock says. Uh, and I'm, I've been loving every second of it. I think I'm getting pretty close to the end, honestly. You got it. You have to be. Like, I mean, I think I, I spent. I did a lot of stuff in that game, though. Like, I tried to mine every fucking planet I could come across. Oh, yeah. Like, I was doing all of that stuff. All of the, like, I, you know, every single possible side quest with your buds that I could do, I made sure to do all of those. I loved all that side stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure you're getting kind of close. I, th- these are definitely next up on my gaming agenda. I have, um, I'm I'm trying to organize a little co-op date with a with a buddy of mine um to play Operation oh, nice. Tango which just came out today on PS Plus. So pick that up on your I PS5. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's just um like an asynchronous. You know, I was real big into those like we were here games for a while. It's like one of those. Oh yeah. Oh cool. Where it requires co-op um and it requires like online co-op like it's not couch co-op or anything. Um but it has like a bunch look it looks like a modern day video game. I like I loved we were here but like it was it's it's <laughs> like it was kind of dated yeah. it was it was, it was a, yeah it was a, it was a game released for for cheap on steam exactly right? yeah <laughs> like it had that vibe to it uh which is great like i love those those kind of games so um i'm gonna check that out but uh i beat returnal what what Ooh. finally um i was hoping was see, it we, worth it um well i'm doing the secret ending right now so <laughs> oh. <laughs> um it's interesting. I I really enjoy the combat in that game. I think it's it's weird because I, I generally like roguelikes, uh, and I I this one seems to be a, just like a tad bit too hard for me sometimes. Um, you can get into like RNG can just really get you into some really shitty situations in terms of the weapon you have on you or the items or the artifacts that you found and then like a room full of enemies and then you kind of mess up at the beginning of it and then you're just off balance and like you go from having spent 45 minutes to to making like what you thought was going to be a really good run to dying in like 45 seconds um which doesn't feel great uh and i spent a lot of time on saturday um bashing my head against the saturday and sunday bashing my head against the last boss in the game um and also getting to the last boss because every level seems to want you to like collect a couple of keys to unlock the door before you can go in to fight the boss which is fine like it's no big deal and you and you keep the keys so like the first time that you get the two keys or the three keys or whatever like you don't have to go back and redo that thankfully well that's um, good <laughs> yeah <laughs> otherwise it would be a huge drag i think uh but I, like I, I was i was really frustrated like there were a couple of times that i got to the last boss fight and just didn't quite understand or like got too off to a bad start and just like there's shit coming at you from almost every single angle you have to be paying attention there the boss has a gimmick so that you don't you're not just like pointing your gun in a vague area and shooting like you kind of have to think like oh i gotta do this number step number one and then step number two and then i can do damage and that kind of thing um and then i killed it and I was so fucking excited. I think I texted every single person that I knew and then posted it on every available social media platform that I had in like four different Discord servers. Um, and it was it was really satisfying. The, the end was good. And then, of course, there's this secret ending, which I, I had kn- known about ahead of time, where you got to go collect things from each different uh, biome. And then uh, you get you unlock some more information. Um, but I think the, I think the story of this game, while really, really interesting, I don't not particularly concerned about having like a okay what happened like what was what is the timeline of returnal or whatever like i think they're leaving it vague and 
weird and uh, like metaphorical on purpose. So I'll be interested to see how this secret ending affects that. But I'm um yeah right before like right when you texted me like hey I'll be ready in ten I had literally just picked up the sixth and last thing that I needed to do that. So I was oh, like, and then and then my and then a customer called me. So I was like, well, I'm just gonna put this in rest mode and I will come back to this later. Yeah. So I have a yeah, we, we better hurry it up so you can go find out what's going on. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Autumn will be home in like an hour and we'll we'll probably watch some Sopranos. I do want to give Autumn a shout out, by the way. I didn't send this to any I didn't send this to you or anything. Um, but we've been watching the Sopranos, I think I've mentioned a couple of times. Um mm-hmm. which is, you know, extremely dated but also extremely good. Uh some very funny stuff with the therapy in that game because you know it's a mafioso guy going to you know therapy oh my god um yeah. but she does some really like the therapist would be like well what's your mother like well it sounds like she has bipolar disorder and i'm like i don't think that that's the way any of that works um <laughs> but what is like really remarkable in the sopranos is the food because they're constantly talking about food eating food having these feasts uh so me and autumn start talking about making a sunday gravy have you ever had a sunday gravy oh. chris no um sunday gravy is uh it, i mean it can be a lot of things but uh the classic i think is it's just a tomato sauce it's got two or more big ass pork chops in there a bunch of meatballs and um italian sausage like whole link italian sausage like like cut up in like just a whole ass just fucking, a fucking sausage <laughs> like just a guy just <laughs> hanging loose in there uh, or like you know in our case like four or five guys um we we cooked eight pounds of food yesterday eight pounds of meat yesterday um Damn. it was and just like again props to autumn because like she got home did the thing and it cooked for like six or seven hours. <laughs> it was amazing. Damn. Um, but it was extremely good. And I just, I, I hope, I know some people may be like meat phobic on here. I'm going to send you the picture of the meatballs and Italian sausages. All of, we had two huge pork chops. All of the meat broke down in the sauce. And so it was just like a thicker, like we'd had, we, we found the bones in the sauce, like when we were done, ready to eat. <laughs> like where the pork chops were gone, all of the meat was just in the sauce. So. It was pretty fucking good, Chris. You were living large. I just ate a, like a sandwich yesterday. Oh yeah, we we did it, it was up. Boring. And then we got the grill out on uh, Saturday or no Sunday. Ooh, that's a lot of meat. That's a lot of meat, huh? Uh. There's twelve fucking meatballs in there, bro. Woo! <laughs> that's a dozen. She was putting them in the sauce, and I was like, "Do you want to? <clears throat> do you want to like just take six and then?" just freeze them and have them for next time she's like fuck no i'm making a feast and i'm like all right cool <laughs> okay so anyway uh props to autumn hell for yeah making a huge gravy are you still full uh i had it for leftovers today so hell yeah you did mm-hmm. just had some there was no italian sausage left uh so it was just a few meatballs but that's fine casualty of the first encounter i see yeah, and we've got a bunch left over. Like the sauce is left over, so I'm definitely gonna be freezing that bad, all that stuff up tonight. Just be fucking putting some crackers over that sucker yeah. and putting it in the freezer. Autumn's got a out of town on Thursday night, um, and she's out of town next Tuesday and Wednesday night. So I'm ready to just put some of that in the freezer, and then pop it out, put it on the stove, and drink a bunch of beers when she's not home and watch some yep. horror movies. That's the way to do it. That's it. Though. That's it. How was your that's, weekend? That's, I besides, mean, I basically just I live effects. on. What's that? Go ahead, and I'm sorry. I don't know what you said. <laughs> Please continue your thought is what I was saying. Uh, 
Uh, oh, that's the lifestyle I live. I just eat leftovers, mm-hmm. um, and I watch shit alone <laughs> for, for five of the seven days a week, and then Jess shows up. Okay. Okay. You want to talk about Supernatural now? Are we out of... Yeah, let's talk about Supernatural. Are we out of casual conversation? I'm out of stuff. That was my whole fucking weekend. was just sitting around. It rained all weekend. I didn't go out. <laughs> yeah, we uh we grilled, and that was really good, Um, but... That was really about it. Like it was a low key weekend. Oh, I, I I did watch uh both Manhunter, Mind. No wait, yeah, Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs this weekend. Which if you you're going for some some interesting uh flicks here. Yeah. So Manhunter is the first adaptation of the movie of the excuse me of the book Red Dragon. Um, it features Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter. Uh. You huh. probably know Brian Cox from like X Men Two. He was kind of the bad guy. Um, yeah, much younger in this, obviously, and he. It's really difficult to compare any Hannibal Lecter to to Anthony Hopkins or to uh, Mads, mm-hmm. but he's definitely the worst one out of the bunch. <laughs> uh, but that is Red Dragon a prequel or is was it just written first? I think it was written first. Um, because I want to say like. Silence of the Lambs is like, oh man, I'm having trouble remembering the, the the numbering on some of this stuff. Um, but Manhunter is about uh, like if you feel if you've seen Hannibal, uh, like the TV show, you kind of know everything that happens in in Manhunter already. It's it's really it's a really weird watch, especially if you've read the books and everything, because it's a direct adaptation. So like uh. we started it up, and it's like it's really interesting. Like it's like filmed. Well, it's a cool, like synthy soundtrack from like 86 when they didn't really know what they were doing with synths yet. So it was a really exciting time. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like starting up and realizing like, Oh yeah, this is Jack Crawford coming to get Will Graham and he's going to convince, Oh yeah. And there's the kid and the wife and Oh, he's got to go find the, the guy. And okay. 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 Like you just know everything that's going to happen, but it was still really put together. Well, um, and then follow that up. The, the thing about Manhunter though is, there are scenes in Manhunter that are exactly in Hannibal, the TV show, like all of oh, the, really? yeah, which really, really surprised me uh, because like, I thought that show was such a unique take on Hannibal Lecter's story that I was surprised that it showed like a little bit of a homage to the original movie. And then you watch mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs and you realize Silence of the Lambs is fucking amazing. Like, Go watch that movie right now. It's so good. Now, what about Red Dragon? Because Red Dragon itself is a movie, right? Yeah. So after Silence of the Lambs, they did um, Hannibal and then Red Dragon. So those are like their own little universe, I guess, is what you would call yeah. it in the modern parlance. <laughs> now, Anthony to... Hopkins plays Hannibal him throughout in all three of those. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay. And I think I've only seen Silence of the Lambs. I don't think I've seen the other two. They're probably not worth watching. I think we're gonna we're gonna go down the path. Um, the stuff that ends up happening with Hannibal and Clarice Starling, who is Jodie Foster of the movie, is really, really interesting. Um, it leaves, like, there's a lot of really bad reviews about the stuff because it's not your typical ending. And I'm not going to, like, spoil the ending for four books or anything, but, like, it's not, it's not the typical thing that you may want to happen. And so people get really, really upset about it. And I think it's actually kind of interesting and cool, but I haven't seen the movies in a long time. And the books, it comes off really well. <laughs> <coughs> excuse me interesting so yeah fun stuff i've only seen sounds of lambs i haven't seen any of the other adaptations or anything uh i mean i've seen it a couple times now we, we watched it again probably six months ago something like that mm-hmm. great movie it's a really great good, flick good flick um do you know who um oh, i'm not gonna dennis furina is by chance 
I don't think so. Okay. He's a he was a character actor from the 80s, 90s and early 2000s before he passed away. He was in, notably he was like one, one of the main villains in Get Shorty, which is where I which is one of my favorite movies of all time for some reason. Yeah. Um and he's he plays Jack Crawford in this and Autumn said it was the first time a Jack Crawford's ever been played by somebody that makes him look like a complete shitbag <laughs> cuz <'Cause laughs> Dennis Verita just has that look about him <laughs> like he looks like he was he's just constantly working to scam you out of the $20 you have in your pocket <laughs> so it's like that via FBI agent which is really really strange so Jack Crawford's not in Sounds of the Lambs right yeah mhm he's he's Clarice Starling's like, I guess boss that's Jack Crawford Oh, okay. okay. The guy that right. the, the, See, I don't know the lore. I don't know. I'm not deep on the on the lore. I don't know. The lore gets kind of crazy, dude. Like, um, I mean, I don't think that there's. I think the books are really good, and they're they they're blessedly short, so you can go through most of mm. them pretty quickly. Um, and they're I think they're really interesting. I um the the TV show Hannibal pr- probably does a better job of presenting that stuff than just about anything. Like, it's it's really fucking great, and it goes through. Is that it? That that's Mad Mickelson. That's your buddy Mads. Okay, and does that cover like the whole series or just like up to a certain point? It goes through up until um, Silence of the Lambs, basically. Okay. Um, so like, there's no like Hannibal doesn't have Cleary Starling, but it has. Um, I'm trying to think of. But like it's it's Will Graham. So in like Silence of the Lambs, they never talk about Will Graham at all, right? Like he's not even mentioned in there. But in no, the, I, yeah, I don't know who any of those characters are. In the books, uh, Will Graham stumbles. He's as he's you know investigating this serial killer. He stumbles into um, Hannibal Lecter's office, who was a practicing psych- psychologist at the time. Um, ah. And he's like consulting with this dude when he realizes like, oh shit, this is the guy. He has kind of a flash. Oh. They have a like a, a altercation. He gets shot the fuck up, and then Hannibal Lecter gets put in jail. Um, and Will Graham like suffers a lot from that. In the TV show, that's an ongoing thing. So Will Graham is already kind of this like weirdo, I can see into the minds of killers kind of dude. And then he meets mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter. And then obviously we know the guy's fucking Hannibal Lecter. We know he's the villain. <laughs> but yeah. nobody else in the show yeah. knows for a significant amount of time, uh, which is really interesting. And they go on, you know, adventures. They go on boyfriend adventures and they, you know, hunt serial killers. I see. So. I see. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I never knew if those, that Will got, so I thought Will was Jack. Okay. I got those two mixed up, Mm -hmm. but I thought that whatever the boy from Hannibal, I thought he was just like a show original character that they were using to like, as a window into the the series Mm -hmm. or something like that. So I didn't realize that that he had deeper lore than that. There, I mean, like the books are, are, I've always wanted to watch Hannibal. I just, it just, I just never have. I mean, like the TV show was really, really great. Like it's, it's one of those shows that, when you're watching it, like remember that that was airing during primetime on NBC because they were so desperate for content. And like at one point there's just a huge totem pole made out of dead bodies on a beach. And you're like, what the fuck NBC? Like, how is this? Is this allowed? Like, what are you doing? Um, And then the third season gets a little wishy-washy at the beginning and then like picks it right back up again. So, um, and is this on, uh, I wonder if it's on Netflix. It should be on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I mean, I'm like 25 years late to every good show, so that's fine. Um, hey, but that sounds like something I want to watch. It's good. Like, I mean, and Mads is like fucking amazing in it, as you might imagine. He's Mads. 
they've also uh they also in the original books like most of the characters are male and they cast a a lot of a lot of women and and some typically male parts which is fun you gotta shake it up you know Mm -hmm. we don't uh, this isn't sausage party all right the sausage party was at your house yesterday Thank you.